Hello, and thank you for joining the Aaron Werner podcast on iCode Media. Today, I talk a little bit about this last month we've had in the practice. And instead of sharing our success, I wanted to share uh, some of the struggles that we've had. Um, not go into detail in the struggles, but talk about why I think that those struggles uh, became struggles in the practice and what I'm planning to do to uh, to improve them and build upon them. Would absolutely love uh, to hear your thoughts. So please join the conversation by leaving a comment, sharing with a friend, leaving a five-star review. Uh, and if you know me, shoot me a text, give me a call, uh, help me talk through the challenges that, uh, that we're having uh, because we always want to do better and improve. Uh, also, always be sure to support those who support us. In the past, our focus revolved around prescribing MacuHealth or MacuHealth Plus to patients at risk of macular degeneration, while also recommending it to collegiate and professional athletes for enhanced contrast sensitivity and sports performance. However, this year's introduction of the Life Meter has been a game changer. The Life Meter revealed a concerning truth. Many of my patients have alarmingly low skin carotenoid levels, indicating potential deficiencies in essential body tissues like the retina and brain. Supported by over 30 peer-reviewed publications, LifeMeter's accuracy, consistency, and effectiveness has been demonstrated across 2,000 subjects with diverse backgrounds. With this newfound insight, I can now have meaningful conversations about carotenoid levels with all of my patients, even those who may seem outwardly healthy. To learn more about this empowering technology, feel free to contact your MacuHealth representative or click on the link in the show notes. Together, let's optimize patient care and elevate their well-being. Hello and welcome to the Aaron Warner podcast on iCode Media. Today I want to do a share some thoughts that I have about uh, my own practice. It's really fun to talk to other people and to get their insights. Uh, but I also think it's important as a private practice owner to share some of my successes and challenges and uh, really ask for, for feedback from all of you. Um, I know I ask at the end of every episode that I want to make this a conversation, and I truly do. So a couple months ago, I talked about how we had our best month ever, and we had another awesome month this month. Uh, but I don't want to talk about our successes. I want to talk about a challenge that I had and uh, that my office had within the last uh, week. So we had not uh, just one, not two, but three different uh, challenges and places where honestly we, we didn't do well, we screwed up, right? And, uh, and I wanna talk about what those are um, and, and why I think they happened and what I'm looking to do to make them better. And of course, I would love your input, so please uh, type you know, call, text, and I would love to have a, a discussion on this. Um, so two of the issues we had were with patients in the optical, and uh, that's completely understandable because, unfortunately, our opticians are the ones that usually deal with the most emotional part of the transaction, and that's the money part. Uh, no matter what the doctor does, what the tech does, what the, the front desk coordinator does, it's the uh, opti opticians in our office who collect the money as the patient's checking out. And one was upset because uh, when he went home, he looked at his, his itemized invoice and didn't recall talking about the, uh, the, uh, the different uh, options he had in his lenses and wasn't upset that he got them, was upset that he paid for them and didn't know what he paid for. Um, another patient had a 
whole history of uh, health issues and surgeries and whatnot. Um, and the there was a misunderstanding on what he wanted for his glasses, long story short. Uh, he wanted reading only, and we uh, gave him not reading only. And, uh, and so there was some, some back and forth because he was trying to use them differently than what he understood them for, and I think you can appreciate how that would be challenging. And then the third uh, actually didn't have anything to do with the optical. The third was that we... Uh, we're really excited and still are excited for one of the technologies we have in the office, uh, the D Adapt DX that tests dark adaptation. Uh, we can do a different uh, episode to talk about what that is and, and why I think that's important. Uh, but I realized early in my career that at least in eye care, we seem to be doing a really good job with almost all diseases. Uh, glaucoma, I can't remember a patient that's, that's gone blind um, from glaucoma. Uh, diabetes is a struggle to manage, uh, but we're managing and we talk with patients. But what I noticed was that we saw too many patients who advanced to uh, stage four uh, AMD and we weren't uh, catching them soon enough. We, not just in my office, but I think uh, across the board. I don't think we had the tools available um, and, uh, and whatnot. It was also hard for patients to, to understand the disease and it's certainly hard when your treatment option initially is lifestyle changes and uh, an over-the-counter supplement. So we brought in the AdeptDX, and our process, our, our system was to test everybody 50 and above. And uh, like all good practices and good businesses, uh, we did really well some months and really bad others. And I had noticed that our, our billing of that code, the AdeptDX, a billing test hadn't been used uh, w as much as it should have been based upon the number of patients we're seeing the last couple of months. And so I said, hey, we've got a problem. Now, in each of these situations, my first gut instinct was to blame our employees. It's their fault. They didn't do something right. They messed up. Uh, they they know our systems and they didn't follow the systems, right? It was It was the the human first gut instinct is to blame somebody else. My next gut instinct was to blame their managers. I've got team leads in each department, and so I wanted to go blame our team leads and say, hey, you're not running your teams right. This is unacceptable. You know, you know better. I pay you more. I put you in leadership roles. The harder part and where I, I got to, although it took a couple of breaths, was that really I had one person to blame, and that was the individual staring back at me in the mirror. Uh, Michael Jackson has his uh, Man in the Mirror song, and uh, it's really easy to accept responsibility when things are going well. It's a lot harder to accept that responsibility uh, when things don't go well, but ultimately as the owner of the practice and as the, the leader of the practice, uh, shortcomings fall on my shoulders. And, uh, and as one of our core values in our practice, we've got three. One of them is individual responsibility. Now, to me, individual responsibility means owning the accountability, good or bad. Um, so like I just mentioned, when things are great, it's easy to say that I'm fantastic. Um, although I really try to say that it's, it's my team that's fantastic because truly they're the ones doing the work. But when things aren't so great, it's, it's a little bit harder uh, to not point the fingers at them and to make sure I'm pointing the fingers uh, back at myself to say, hey, where did I go wrong? 
And in looking at all of, of these three situations, I think where we went wrong was we weren't following the systems we put in place. Now, I have a system for each of these scenarios. Uh, the first with the patient in the optical who didn't understand his itemized uh, invoice. As a vision source practice, we have access to a really cool program called Max. That's a point of sales tool that helps patients understand their managed vision care benefits, which are challenging to understand for everyone. It also helps them understand the benefits of the products they're getting. And this tool wasn't utilized for this interaction. I don't know why. I wasn't there, and quite frankly, I didn't ask because I don't think it's important. What I, I did notice was that this tool was being bypassed more often than it should be. And it should only be bypassed when, for whatever reason, the interaction uh, wouldn't work with, uh, with that point of sales tool. Otherwise, it, it, everything should be, should be gone through or put through max. And, uh, but because it, didn't, it wasn't put through, we had a patient who thankfully reached out and vocalized his concerns to me, and we had a good conversation. I don't know how many other patients were frustrated that didn't voice their concern, and we may never see again. I also think that not every patient who didn't have Max uh, utilized with them when they purchased glasses uh, even noticed the difference. They still probably had an amazing, in fact, I know they had an amazing experience because my team's amazing, um, but, uh, but it's not black or white, right? There's that gray area. And uh, thankfully, this, this patient reached out and we had a good conversation. And I was able to understand that we weren't using the tools and we weren't following the systems in place like we should be. Unfortunately, I also realized, and here's where my ownership comes into place, I didn't realize we weren't following those systems and tools until a patient had to bring it to my attention. A customer had to bring it to my attention. Now, the staff had a system in place. Uh, what... I didn't, didn't have was a system in place for me to check their systems, to check that they were doing what they needed to be doing. I didn't have a system in place to check in with the managers to make sure that they were checking to make sure that their teams were doing what they needed to do. Exact same thing happens in a very similar scenario with the AdaptDX. When I looked at the, uh, the numbers and said, hey, this isn't good enough, uh, I said, well, there's a few things that are probably happening. One is that we have pushed a lot of new technology into our office um, over the last handful of years, AdaptDX being just one of them, the Neuralens, the new N3 uh, through Neuralens. Um, we brought in the Life Meter for MacuHealth that we're testing. Uh, we do a lot of, of dry eye work, and so we're trying to take meibomian gland images on everyone. You'd be surprised how many kids just have horrible meibomian glands. Again, different topic for a different day. Uh, but we try to, to really do a thorough job and uh, lean heavily on that comprehensive eye exam. We want to be completely comprehensive because we know they have problems, and we also know that if we help them, we're going to improve their quality of life. That's also very good for the business. I think it's important that we're uh, transparent on that as well, right? And, uh, and so when we looked at uh, doing the ADAPTDXs and the rapid test that we used as a screener wasn't uh, getting done at the rate that we needed to, I found one of my texts and said, hey, you're going to be our champion on this. Let's take a look and, and just track this week. Uh, the one thing that I've also picked up on in managing a business is, is numbers matter. Emotions are important. And I don't want to discount emotions or feelings, but numbers matter. Metrics matter. 
and we can't improve where we don't know where we're at. So I asked him to just benchmark, hey, how many patients, comprehensive exams that we have that were age 50 and older, and how many of those got an ADAPT-DX. Knowing that we are measuring this, that number came back pretty low. And I was disappointed, and so I talked to this tech, our, our ADAPT-DX champion, and said, hey, what's going on? And he said, well, we just ran out of time. Uh, I said, we ran out of time? And he said, yeah. I said, do you understand the importance of why we're doing this test? And he goes, yeah, well, you know, you just want to make sure we're not, we're screening people for AMD. So, but do you know, like, the importance of that? And he's a newer tech, and, and he didn't. He couldn't articulate it, um, even though he had come from ophthalmology, uh, a very high, high-trafficked ophthalmology practice. Um, and what that told me was two things. Number one, I have not instilled the importance of testing for macular degeneration enough to where my team internalized it. Now we have in the past, we just haven't done it recently, which is why this particular tech couldn't articulate it himself. That's on me. That's an education gap that I need to rectify, that I need to put into place and help emotionalize for him. But two, and what I thought was interesting when I asked others, uh, other techs why, and they all said, well, time was an issue, time was an issue, that to them became an acceptable answer. And it probably is an acceptable answer to some of my associate docs during the day when it got, got brought up as well. And what I realized from this is that we as leaders, and I ultimately as, as the leader, accepted a reason that they gave for not being able to accomplish their goal. Now, Again, nothing is going to be done 100% of the time, even though we want it to be done 100% of the time. But holding each other accountable, holding ourselves accountable, going back to that core value of individual responsibility, I let this one slide because we shirked off the accountability with the I don't have enough time or I ran out of time excuse. Could there be ways to find more time? I'm sure there are. Well, there's going to need to be, right? But I'm sure there are because I know in the past we've successfully hit this goal and measured and screened enough patients. But when we allowed ourselves to have a, an excuse, a reason, or place the responsibility, accountability on time instead of ourselves, we excused the behavior and, and we justified the behavior, in this case, not doing the testing. So we had this conversation and... I'm positive over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see a shift here and, and adjust. I'm also pretty positive that while I see improvement here, I'm probably going to see uh, unimprovement, <laughs> worsening. I don't like either of those two words, but I'm probably going to see something else that we want to do struggle a little bit because balance is really hard to maintain. And as leader, I'm constantly uh, trying to maintain that balance and we're going to sway one way uh, sometimes and sway back another way, another, as long as we don't fall, that's a good thing, but we want to stay uh, as balanced and, and uh, in balance as we possibly can. That way we can ultimately take care of our patients and take care of our practice. The, uh, and one of the ways that we're trying to do this is, is those systems. What I also realized in these systems were two things. One, I need to go back and revisit the systems, make sure that they're still good. They're in play. Refine them. Obviously, I have some refining to do on the systems for how I manage 
my leaders and maybe how my leaders manage their team just to check in and verify. Um, but I also think I need to figure out how to make some of these systems a little bit more fun, a uh, little bit more game-like. Now, we all like playing games. We've been playing games since we were kids, playing Peekaboo, and uh, I've frequently described the healthcare and running a business and understanding insurance and understanding managed vision care as a game. And I don't mean to belittle the importance of all those things, but when you, when you play a game, there's rules to a game. And when you understand the rules to the game, you can then play to win the game. If you understand the rules to glaucoma, you can win glaucoma. If you understand the rules to scleral lenses or myopia management or HR or uh, owning real estate, whatever the case may be, if you understand the rules of the game, even though those rules might constantly be changing a little bit, but there's rules. If you understand the rules to the game and stay on top of them, you can win the game. And I like that because games are fun to win. I'm competitive. I like winning. I like playing games. I like playing games to win. And I, I don't think I've done a good enough job of maintaining these systems as games because there's still rules and there's still winners and losers. And, but if they're, they're fun uh, and they're competitive, they definitely can make a difference. Uh, I talked about this a little bit, maybe not in these terms when we talked about our best month ever. Uh, that was a month or two ago's podcast. And we talked about winning the day, how we took our monthly goals and broke them down into daily goals. And we've had a, a fantastic success with that. Um, I think this is another area where I, I need to take that same approach and look at winning the day in this aspect and turning testing and all of our pre-tests, all of our screening tests into games. And that's what I'm working on, uh, right now. That's what I'm struggling to, uh, to work through. I just finished a fantastic book, which talked about, uh, of all things, playing games. Um, John Acuff is an amazing author and speaker. If you haven't heard him, go YouTube him. J-O-N uh, is his first name. A-C-U-F-F is his last name, John Acuff. Uh, he was a keynote speaker, actually, at the Vision Source Exchange last year, which is where I first heard him. But he has a new book called All It Takes is a Goal, The Three-Step Plan to Ditch Regret and Tap into Your Massive Potential, which is fantastic. And uh, I like reading books, uh, but I get sidetracked, and so I like listening to books on Audible even more. But this one was so good, the listen was so good, that I went out and I'm, uh, I've listened to it twice, and now I'm, I'm reading the book as well while I'm listening to it a third time. But he, in there he talks about... Uh, turning your goals into games because you can can win at those games. So would love to hear uh, your thoughts, how you turn games into, you turn tasks and skills and systems in your practice into games. Um, interestingly enough, I don't think the, the reward um, for winning the game is as important as playing the game to win and the, self, the, the gratification that comes knowing you put in that work, that you made that happen. I think that's really important and powerful, but we'd love to hear how you turn work into a game, uh, the rewards that you give yourself, and uh, and how you keep that game exciting and fun. Uh, hopefully, the, you are having a fantastic uh, fourth quarter as well uh, to wrap up 2023 in your businesses, in your practice, um, in your personal life, in your uh, professional development. But uh, give me a comment. Let me know how things are, are working. Give me some advice on how we can constantly do better in our practice because that is uh, one of our other core values uh, 
uh, constantly looking to improve, constantly doing better, and look forward to talking with you next time.